Welcome to another edition of Strangers in the Alps podcast. Hello! We got Gabe over here and Henry on the other end. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks. Before we uh, before we hop in, I, I, I want to give a, a shout out to my mother-in-law because I got this sweet new swing arm and, uh, and stand for my microphone, and it is awesome. Anything to support the podcast, right? <laughs> that That's was a Christmas I, wish. That was it, man. And I, <laughs> let me tell you, dude, I feel like a fucking real podcaster. Well, newsflash, Henry, you are a real podcaster, man. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's I, a, think, I think we can call ourselves uh, professionals now. I'm not, I feel pretty confident in doing so. I mean, we've got our channels, we've got our branding, we've got our social media going. Yeah, our conversations flowing. I think it's going good. You make a strong point, my friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, we we talk. You know, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. But no, it's it's sick, man. It's it's cool having this, you know, really professional setup, and it just, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Hopefully, it doesn't change the the flavor of the show too much, right? We're not going to totally just. Uh, Jump ship and sound all like, you know, newscasting and broadcaster like. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm totally going to stop saying the fuck word, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we thought that this show we'd, we'd talk about um, New Year's resolutions a little bit. We kind of jump on the, to that topic and just kind of dissect it a little bit. And I have to admit, I never really do New Year's resolutions. I mean, I guess in the back of my mind, I kind of do. I'll say, oh, I'll lose weight. I'll get in better shape. I'll, you know, get a little better handle on my finances. Do this, do that, you know. But, you know, it's just life, you know. Shit pops up. Yeah. Spenders come up. Got to get new tires. Got to fix this. Got to do that. Whatever, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're always kind of yo-yoing, or I am, with my weight at least up and down. So it just always kind of seems like the run of the mill. So I don't know if it's just... uh a lack of constitution or what, but I just kind of don't do it and just say, fuck it. We'll see what happens and just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I agree, man. I've never been one really for, um, for new year's resolutions I, I, either. I, I think, man, it's weird. It's like, it's like you're waiting for midnight to strike on a night. That's just like any other night where absolutely nothing is going to change. And for some reason in your mind, you say that that moment is what's going to change everything for me. And I'm going to take control of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, not to get too deep with it, but like my, I think part of my problem with new year's resolutions and why I, I think personally that um, often people fail on their new year's resolutions is because unknowingly they've taken the power away from themselves and they've given it to that moment where it doesn't matter if it's July 10th or December 31st, the power to do what you want to do is with you the whole time. 
You know what I mean? That's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, I get that. Uh, I do think though, like you just kind of get so caught up in, in the daily grind of things that, you know, the years, like the biggest kind of period of time that the, the, the measurement of time that we have as, as human beings, you know, you have your, your seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, then your year. And then it kind of starts all over. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think it's more of a symbolic gesture to say, Hey, this year is going to be good. We're going to start off right and do this. I think it's well-intentioned, but I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a decision you got to kind of make every day and not just leave it on, you know, up up to January 1st and and put the responsibility on the new year's resolution itself. I mean, that's, that's just the way you got to live your life daily. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think it's okay to make, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing a, a semantics thing here. I think it's okay to make goals for the next year. I, I, if I you do that, you're, you're a step ahead of me because I'm the worst goal maker ever. <laughs> I just like kind of a shot got everything and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. And then it just like, yeah. I just lose track of everything. Yeah. I, well, I don't mean anything like crazy. Like, okay. So for instance, like, um, you know, I've been kind of working on, on this kid's book you know, that I've been trying to put together. And so in my mind, I say, Hey, um, 2019, I want to finish, you know, that I want to finish that book and and try to get it published and see what I could do with that. You know what I mean? Um, to me, that's not really a new year's resolution. It's something I've been working on. It just feels like I'm close enough now that 2019 might be the year to get it done. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what, if you do get it done this year, I think we've got to treat our listeners to an author reading with music and all. We'll set the mood and everything, sound effects, and we'll make a little <laughs> bonus pod of you. You read do the book. What do you think? Uh, read like through a chapter or something. Yeah, it's an excerpt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could be fun for sure, man. Yeah, we'll have fun with it, you know. <laughs> it could be fun, man. Well, that's cool that you got this goal to kind of maybe possibly wrap that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a resolution. But um, just kind of a goal. I'm hoping that 2019 is the year for that. So, when did this whole resolution thing start? Do you know about? I don't know, man. I have no clue. Here, let's look it up on Wikipedia. We're talking, right? Okay, let's go to the source. And the source, Wikipedia, the know-all, be-all mm-hmm. of everything in the modern <laughs> world. <laughs> Here we go. New Year's resolution. A New Year's resolution is a tradition most common in the Western Hemisphere, also found in the Eastern Hemisphere, in which a person resolves to change an undesired trait or behavior to accomplish a personal goal or otherwise improve their life. So, Scott, you know, like you're saying, I mean, like we're both saying, it's it's goals and it's well-intentioned. But uh, let's see. It says it's religious origins. Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. The Romans began each year by making promises to the god Janus, or Janus. Um, I, hey, we've established before, I can't pronounce Jack shit. <laughs> I'm stuff, so. For whom the month of January is named. Okay, Janus, January. All right, I'm going to say that. Yeah. But it's not Janus, like J-A-N-I-C-E. It's Janus, J-A-N-U-S. Yes. In the medieval era, the knights took the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas season each year to reaffirm their commitment to chivalry. At watch night services, many Christians prepare for the year ahead by praying and making these resolutions. Wait, I'm sorry. Let's go back real quick. I, yeah. I, I apologize for cutting in. No. You're like a knight, right? Like armor, swords, 
spears, right? And you call some shit you do the peacock value. You can't come up with a better <laughs> name than that. What the fuck is that? That's going to lead into another uh, another episode or something probably here. Let's look up what this peacock vow is. Fucking, fucking peacock vow. All right. What? Let's go off this. Ta- let's visit this tangent a little bit. And then we'll let's talk about do it, it dude. <laughs> okay. So I click the peacock vow thing. What pops up is Jacques de Longion. I don't know if I'm, again, I can't pronounce jack shit. <laughs> so uh, Jacques de Longion of Lorraine is the author of a Chanson de Guest, Le Vaux du Pound, The Vows of the Peacock, written for Thibaut de Bar, Bishop of Ley, in 1312. It was one of the most popular ro- romances of the 14th century and introduces the concept of the Nine Worthies. All right, this is going to go down a huge tunnel. So uh, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> we'll revisit this later <laughs> because this is going to derail our whole conversation. <laughs> All right. So peacock vow, whatever that is, the knights took it, had to be cool as fuck because they're knighted. They got armor, swords, but I don't know, man, Sir Elton John and Mick Jagger are like knights. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. So, I mean, they just can't be like these, these warlord knights or these warrior knights. I don't know. I guess anyway. I could see Elton John doing the peacock vow. <laughs> he did the crocodile rock. So why not the peacock? vow? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This tradition has many other religious parallels. Uh, during Judaism's new rush, Rosh Hashanah, through the high holidays and culminating in Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, one is to reflect upon one's wrongdoings over the year and both seek and offer forgiveness. People can act similarly during the Christian liturgical, I don't even know that word, uh, season of Lent, although the motive behind this holiday is more of sacrifice than of responsibility. In fact, the Methodist practice of New Year's resolutions came, in part, from the Lenten sacrifices. The concept, regardless of creed, is to reflect upon self-improvement annually. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess with all the religious origins of this, it's just kind of the the wrap of the old, the start of the new, repaying your debts. uh, You know, like uh, the Babylonians returning their borrowed objects to pay their debts. Sure. Uh, The Romans... Uh, beginning of the year by making promises to the god Janus, which January is named for. Right. So it's just kind of, you know, end of one chapter, the beginning of the next, which is interesting because I never knew the origins of this. So I'm learning as we go. That's the fun part about this. Yeah, man. It does have a little thing about um, participation here. It says at the end of the Great Depression, about a quarter of American adults formed New Year's resolutions. At the start of the 21st century, about 40% did. Uh, so that goes from 25% up to 40. Hmm. Um, according to the American Medical Association, approximately 40 to 50% of Americans participated in the New Year's resolution tradition from the 1995 Epcot and 1985 Gallup polls. So that yeah, goes on with stats. It's, I don't want to read through it and get all boring. But, uh, right, right, right. But that's interesting, though, that the Great Depression, only a quarter, 25% of Americans did. Uh, make New Year's resolutions. For now, it's forty percent. It's almost doubled. Yeah, I guess people were too uh, too fucking depressed. <laughs> there was yeah. no hope, you know. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. Like you, you've, you know, when you steal hope from a population like the Great Depression did. I mean, what is there? They're just gonna grind through another year. Was I guess their outlook? But yeah, well, I, it seems like it's so. New Year's resolution seems like it's so embedded in our culture today. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, so. 
let's let's jump through a couple of these uh, New Year's resolutions that are just kind of you know run in the mill that everybody does. In fact, I was looking online. I found this article: this New Year's resolutions you'll never keep. So just stop. So just and, stop. So just stop. Don't do it. Is what they say. Stop. So, um, the top one on this list is start exercising, and I think that's pretty much a given. Yeah, everybody wants to do that because they pig out ever since I'd say Halloween, mm-hmm. October, because that's when you get all your candy or your kid gets all the candy and, you know, you got your hand in the candy jar just as much yeah. as the kid does. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, you start with all the sweets then and then it lasts through to Thanksgiving and then you got mm-hmm. all these leftovers and you're picking out and then you get Christmas dinner and all that. So yeah. you're just stuffing your face this time of year. So, of yeah. course, the top ones are going to be one, start exercising two eat healthier. Right. And then I was mentioning this financial stuff, get out of debt. That's the third one. Number sure. four, drink less alcohol or stop drinking altogether. And I got to say all those top fours, just looking at those in a group, they're all kind of intertwined for the end of the year. You're spending all your money yep. on food and drink on gifts, on costumes, yep. the get togethers on travel and, you know, if you're traveling, see yep. family, you're taking time off for work, things like that. That affects your finances. But as you're pigging out and stuff in your face, you know, your blood pressure's shooting up, your waistline's getting a little bigger. So naturally, <laughs> you know, you gotta start exercising, you gotta eat healthier, you gotta you gotta undo all the damage you just did. So Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that says something about humans, like the, the human condition, man. I, I it, yeah, it's, really, it, it's really weird how, what we do and maybe it's um maybe it's this idea of not wanting to look you know something difficult in the face you know wanting to push it off and not kind of to face up to it but this is i mean this is exactly what we do right it's yeah. uh we come to the end of the year like you said and and everything is um well you know i'm not going to start now because you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. I'm not going to start now because Christmas is, is coming up. But but after that, I, I'm really going to get it. But the problem is, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, the problem is, is that there's always going to be something that makes you say, oh, well, after that, then, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. Um, uh, and, and it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting thing to me and and that's that's kind of like i said what i was saying earlier it losing weight being more uh fiscally responsible uh eating healthy these are all things that that come with sacrifice you know what yeah. i mean you got to work towards um, it every day you have to work towards it and it doesn't matter if it's thanksgiving it doesn't matter if it's halloween or or christmas if that's something that you want, you just have to do it. You know what I mean? And, and even after, you know, Christmas happens, you know, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be Easter and and there's going to be birthdays and there's always going to be an excuse for you not to eat healthy. There's always going to be an excuse for you, um, you know, to, to not exercise. Um, And so rather than giving power to all the, all of these instances that, uh, that you might want to postpone your, your resolution for just kind of take hold of it and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's, it's hilarious 
it's hilariously funny, hilariously ironic, whatever you want to say, that you jumped into that moment to say that because the very next one on the list is stop procrastinating at number five. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so that encapsulates everything we just said beforehand. <laughs> Every single one of these resolutions, your breakdown of it, and then bam, stop, uh, stop procrastinating. Stop procrastinating. But it's so easy and it feels so good to just be like, oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I want to keep playing uh, Battlefield or, you know, I'm going to keep yeah. uh, figuring out this song on the guitar. I'll just deal with this shit tomorrow. You know? <laughs> Yo, yeah, dude, I do, man. It's that instant dude. gratification that we like so much. I still do it with schoolwork, man. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. I, I'll wait. I'll wait till hours before my deadline on something to start working on it. You know what? I, I always did that with like schoolwork and stuff too. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm just jumping on this, uh, this bullshit line that people always say, but I always found like when I had, when it came down to the wire, and I, <laughs> down and do it, I always did a damn good job. Like it, it was more Hell of a motivator. Yeah. You know what I mean? To just be like, all right, I'm going to power through this and get it done. And as long as I gave myself enough time to like, give it a little buffer time to rework, you know, proofread, whatever it is I'm working on, you know, sure. review, step away, then come back to it. It was, it worked out fine for me. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, telling myself that because I'm justifying by not doing better in life. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, but I always thought I did damn good. So I, I tell my wife, I'll fix what's not broken, right? Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> exactly. I, I tell my wife often, dude, until it bites me in the ass, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I just haven't, I haven't had a situation where procrastination is what, what bit me in the ass. And, and maybe I will at some point, who knows, but yeah, I need it. But that little bit of nervousness of like, I got to get this done. I mean, that kind of fear is a good motivator in a sense. I mean, not in the sense of like government rule and shit like that. <laughs> I'm not talking like military state, but uh, I'm talking about just in the sense of you know, just a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness. Yeah. It, it, it sharpens your, your, your edge a little bit and, and you know, it makes you all right, I got to do it. I got to do it right. And it forces, forces your hand in a way, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. I always thought, you know, I, I didn't do as much theater as you, but just comparing it to like uh, what theater background I did have. And this is like high school plays and, and stuff like that when I got heavy into it. But like I remember my very first big play, I had like one of the main roles in, in the play. It was uh, Walter Hollander and Don't Drink the Water. Uh, okay. The Woody Allen film. We, we put on the stage play that. And this was like my first big role, my first, you know, theater production in front of a, an audience and my peers and parents and all types of stuff like that. And I just remember like it was do or die. Like when the curtain folded back, it was like snap of the fingers like that. It's like a, a switch flipped and you just went into it. You just did it. You know what I mean? Like everything, all the nervousness just went out the window and you just got in this zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you experienced that when you were doing theater and, but I'll never forget. That was just such like a, just such a, a, a door that just, you know, opened up and you walk through it and you just put it out there, you know, and you leave all sure. your worries behind. Yeah. You know? I, 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 um, honestly, man, I, it's been a long time since I've gotten nervous about something. You know what I mean? I, um, I, I just really, and truly in my mind, I just kind of have that kind of 
don't give a shit attitude. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like when I do theater, man, I, I do it because I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, there's some deep Freudian side of me that likes, you know, the idea of, of the attention of it, I'm sure. But really for me, I, I just enjoy the, the process of doing theater. And if, uh, if, if at the end, everybody hates what I did, I don't give a shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, um, it, it doesn't, I don't, yeah, I don't dwell on it. So I don't, I don't often get nervous, which is really interesting, but I will say, um, I know exactly though the spirit of the feeling that you're talking about, um, because you put in all, all the work, you learn all the lines, you know what I mean? You learn all the blocking and then all of a sudden the curtain opens and you're just in that character, man. And it's all, all the work that you've put in is just pouring out. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. It's it's a really neat feeling. And like I said, I haven't done a lot, um, but I've been in instances where I've had to speak in front of groups of people and, you know, be in front of groups of people and stuff. And that always still, that terrifies me. I I don't, I can do it. I don't enjoy doing it. Even when I was good at it and having to do it, like I just, I didn't like it. And I always felt nervous. Sure. And, uh, and I think it's because, and you know, like I said, I'm not super experienced, so this could be a bunch of bullshit, but I, th- I think it could be along the lines of something. And maybe you can expand on it being somebody who's been more in depth with, with theater and stuff than me. But when I'm like speaking to a group or hosting something or I'm seeing something, it's, I feel a little more vulnerable. I feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's being judged if I fuck up or whatever. But when I was doing theater, and was involved with that type of stuff for the short time that I was, I was always very comfortable in the sense of disappearing into a character. And if the character mm-hmm. fucked up, it wasn't, it wasn't me. You know what I mean? Mm, interesting. Yeah. So it was always kind of like, like a mask or, or like, like an armor or something that it wasn't like, it wasn't me putting myself out there. It was me portraying like this character or whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that, that was the person or that would be taking the brunt of anything that, you know, and uh, I don't know if there's truth to that or whatever, but I mean, even in the podcast, I, I, I mean, I don't feel like vulnerable. I mean, probably because it's just you and me talking and, and we go back so long and we're such good friends. Right. But uh, and it could be at this point in my life, too. I just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks or says, you know, <laughs> I've got my own opinions. If you don't like them, fuck off, you know. Right. But uh, but I just uh, I don't know. Like, like, I think there's a difference, though, when when you have to, like perform and be liked and you know there's this pressure of like not fucking up but like if it's you it you go home at the end of the day and you're like beating yourself up you know it's oh fuck i really i really screwed this one up but like sure. if, it, if, if it's a character or something and you kind of have room to play something off or to, to find a creative fix for something you know it's, it's not like you're just like s- tripping over yourself and then screwing up you know yeah. Yeah. Theater does that, man. There's definitely like a, a blurred line. Um, I, I'm a little bit opposite. I've always been very good at public speaking. Um, it's, it's one of the few things in my life that I'm, uh, that I do well at. Yeah. Um, but, uh, when it comes to theater, there is definitely undoubtedly, um, this level of, uh, of escape from 
having to be yourself in front of somebody. Um, and, and you get to, it's really interesting, man, because, and especially depending on how deep you personally decide to take your kind of connection, if you will, with the character, um, and, and how you explore the character. And if you think about the, you know, the character that you're playing and why the character acts this certain way or doesn't act this certain way, you know what I mean? Um, And so when you're on stage, certainly, um, it, yeah, like it, it's almost like you're inside of a shell kind of controlling the character and nobody looks at you. And, um, and, and that's a really interesting sort of phenomenon, if you will, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. Nobody's looking at you. They're looking at who you're supposed to be, you know? Right. Where the line, where where the line, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Where the line gets blurred, though, is they really are looking at you. Yeah, yeah. That's the interesting thing. And they're judging you on how you're presenting that character. Um, And so these lines get very blurred, and it's a very interesting uh, thing to look at, you know? Yeah, well, I know I'm still friends with some of the people that I uh, was friends with back in those high school theater production days. So I wonder, you know, if any of you guys are listening, feel free to, you know, hit us up on social media and, and, you know, if you agree or disagree with what we're saying or want to expand on it, because I've had friends that have, you know, made the careers or at least the first part of their careers uh, in theater and performance and stuff and have gone way down that rabbit hole way, way further than I ever have. Sure. I, I said from the start, you know, I'm very inexperienced, you know, I've only done a few little things and I loved it when I did it, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I by no means want to come across like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Why would I want to do that when I'm just talking to, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just hosting a podcast. But um, let's see. Uh, let's jump back to these. Uh, to these. Uh, yeah. How the fuck did we get from New Year's resolutions <laughs> to like uh, to like the, the facade of theater? You know what I mean? I don't know. We go off on crazy tangents. But uh, that's that's the journey, man. That's what's enjoyable, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. So the next one on here, I don't know if I said this was uh, quit smoking. That's after procrastinating. I would think that one would be higher. Yeah. What do you I think, think with, uh, with the whole smoking thing? Because I remember when I was in high school, everybody smoked. Yeah, I yeah. saw kids smoking everywhere. And uh, but it was interesting because that was the, the, the late 90s, you know, and mm-hmm. uh and since then, especially like in the 2000s, there's been so many anti-smoking ads and this whole push for anti-smoking. And I, I think it's made a difference. I don't see – it could just be that I'm not hanging out with teenagers. I mean because I'm in my sure, 30s. Sure, sure, but, sure. but I don't see it like I did. Um, I don't know. Do you see it differently than that? No, no, I, I think, um, I think, and, and this isn't based off of anything other than, you know, kind of our own observation, but I, I, I think that smoking has gone way down, uh, when, when we're talking, it, like you said, especially in that kind of late teen to early twenties range. Yeah. Um, cause I, I agree with you, man. I feel like back in the day, everyone smoked, dude. I started smoking when I was working a job. I was like 17, maybe eight, 18. Um, yeah. I, I started smoking because all the smokers got all these extra breaks. 
to yeah. go out and smoke and like one of the supervisors smoked so i showed up to work with a, a fucking pack of cigarettes one day i mean fuck it i was playing like rock and roll music then anyway so it kind of added into it you know what i mean yeah but do you think uh do you think like the vaping and all that do you think that's taking its place or anything to some extent yeah i mean it's definitely um it's definitely satisfying that need for some people um for sure and at least it's you know somewhat healthier you know yeah and and it doesn't come with the smell you know what i mean yeah and they smell sweet i've been around people yeah vaping and actually there's some laws and stuff that are are trying to get passed i think right now that that's supposed to ban vaping indoors just like it did with cigarettes i th- i mean i'm uh, I'm not necessarily, I, I hate like arbitrary laws just yeah. because, you know, but I'm not necessarily opposed to that. Um, I, some, sometimes these guys just don't fucking think, man. Yeah. Um, I went to a show at the Athens theater there in Delan and, um, you know, that's a nice theater to go see a show in. Someone's sitting there vaping next to you. <laughs> Bro, like two, three rows ahead of us, the guy took like during the show. Oh, took God. like three or four, and you know how much smoke those things or or vapor, yeah. vapor those things blow, and it was like, like, what are you fucking doing, dude? Um, well, the funny thing is, people used to go to the theater and some restaurants and everything, and puff away and smoke. Yeah, it wasn't given a second thought. Yeah, so, I mean, we the the pendulum's definitely swung all the way across back to the other side on that one. Yeah, it's weird, man. I uh, <laughs> dude, um when I first uh, joined the Marine Corps, I was short. Well, shortly after I, I joined, I kind of started back up smoking. I'd quit for a little bit. And, um, you know, by the time I smoked in Florida, they had gotten rid of, you know, the, the smoking sections in Florida. They did that a long time ago, you know, in in, in restaurants, excuse me. Um, And I was stationed up in North Carolina and they had a smoking section. I thought, well, fuck, dude, I'm going to sit in the smoking section. I'm going to fucking smoke a cigarette while I'm waiting on my food. Dude, it was the worst thing ever. Yeah. It was the only time I I, I only did it once. And as long as I smoked, I never did it after that. It was just, I didn't like it, man. Um, But I was never a guy that smoked inside either. I always thought that was disgusting. I, I always went outside to smoke, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I don't know. It's it's interesting too because they have like the whole truth campaigns and stuff now. Yeah. And uh, as you're talking, I'm trying to like uh, glance over to double check something that I learned a while ago. That, that they're funded by Philip Morris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that is that the truth? Is because that's everything I'm looking at now is kind of pointing towards that. Yeah, I think it was all court ordered. It was all a part of a a big court yeah. order way back in the day. Yeah, I think back started back in '98. This was saying it was a 206 billion dollar settlement, and I mm-hmm. think it was. Uh, I, I, I think there was a ruling in like 2006 or something like that. that they had to fund anti-smoking campaigns, and so it's funny that you know, that tobacco is trying to say these products, but yet they're the ones funding the whole this whole truth campaign that you see all these uh, advertisements for on television. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how that works, man. They are pretty fucking annoying. So I wonder if they pick like the worst ones and those are the ones that get aired. You know what I mean? No, I don't know how that works behind the scenes. But, do you uh, remember? Do you remember when all that changed, man? Um, when, what do you we, mean? Were, we were young, but like when all like the the advertising around smoking changed, you remember like um, in NASCAR, you know, I mean, 
again, oh, yeah, they for our listeners, we, we grew up in Central Florida, so NASCAR was like a big thing. Daytona 500. <laughs> yeah, the Daytona 500, but they used to have the Winston Cup there. Oh, true. Yeah, and they that, don't have that now, do they? No, it's called something else. I can't remember what it's called now, but I didn't even think of that. But yeah, they weren't allowed to do it because of this whole big, you know, smoking thing. Um, yeah. well, I remember yeah, specifically. Yeah. I remember specifically when I was young, uh, the whole Joe Camel thing and the laws that mm-hmm. were passed that you couldn't have like these cartoons and things that were targeting kids. Yeah. Um, and then I remember they had to put the. It was passed and had to put these big warning labels on, on all the packs of cigarettes. And I've yeah. never been a smoker. I've had asthma and stuff my whole life. So I've never gotten into doing all this. So I I, I always looked at it as a good thing. So I didn't really give a fuck. But I know there's people out there that, yeah. that it probably pissed them off, you know. But uh, Well, no. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it was definitely a good thing. Um, and, and I think that the problem was that for years, tobacco companies were um, suppressing information that they knew that you know there was links to smoking and lung cancer and yeah you know well, they, they had knew the that smoking was bad yeah they had the bucks and they wanted to sell their products so of course they're yeah. gonna you know they're gonna paint a pretty picture for it you know yeah man but uh but yeah quit quitting smoking was the one of the best things i ever did dude good for you for sure yeah i've had family members that have smoked that have quit and mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's a good thing. You know, uh, yeah. You don't need that extra expense and the extra t- taxation on your body. You know. Yeah. Well, not only that, dude. Like, you don't realize when you smoke how bad you fucking smell. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with me, man. Like, all my friends used to smoke in high school, and and uh, with my asthma and shit like that, it would always really like bother me. And some of my good friends, they wouldn't smoke like in the car, but a lot of them, you know, would. But, you know, and we'd be going down the road and it'd be like trying to suck air out of a crack in the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I remember back in the day, back in like high school and stuff, I like I had dated a couple girls that smoked. And then like I vowed like I'm not doing this because every time I like, you know, you could just smell it and it was just on you and on them. And it's just like, ugh, you know, I just really it was a huge turnoff. Just put me off big time. And it's nothing against anybody that does. It's just my own health reasons, you know. Sure, yeah. But uh, I, I just wasn't a fan. And it was just like, nope. If, if like, basically, if you smoked, it was a deal breaker for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not that I was, you... like, a major prize or anything, but just I couldn't do it, you know. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. All right, so there's the smoking. Um, What's then, next on the list? Next on the list is time to get organized. Oh, fuck that. So, I, gave, I gave up on that a long time that's, ago. That's just like a major fucking spring cleaning. And that's just a constant uh, cat chasing his tail type of thing. Your dog chasing his tail. It's just you never catch up on that shit. I never even try, my man. I, <laughs> I am not an organized fucking person, dude. Yeah. My, my wife is definitely way more organized than I am. And um and she keeps up with our important stuff in that way. But no, dude, I am fucking awful. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like everything has its place, but it's places in this swirl of chaos. You know what I mean? Like I know sure. where it is because I know where I'm going to leave it, <laughs> you know, but yeah, like actually every little thing have its little place in a little box and a little drawer. Like it's, it's hard. I, by no means I'm like a, a, a dirty chaotic person with like you know anything like that but it's just there's 
the flow of life just happens so quick that it's just like I can't keep up with making sure everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs to be. This uh, next one is pretty interesting. I think we have a pretty neat conversation about this one. Number eight is retire from social media. Ooh, what is your take on that, my man? You know, <laughs> we actually kind of talked about this in the the face to face one that that we did. Um, a little bit, we did. Yeah, I don't want to kind of mimic anything that we said there, but um, ah, go for it. It's I <sighs> here's the thing, dude. If social media like Facebook and things like that didn't keep me connected with some guys that I just know I would lose connection with otherwise, um, I would be off of it in a heartbeat, man. Yeah. Th- those little interactions are the only thing that really keep me keep me going. And, and it's little things, you know what I mean? Like all, you know, if I'm sitting down bored, I might you know, flip through Facebook and I'll see a buddy of mine who's posted a, you know, some sort of political post and, um, and I'll respond to it and him and I, and maybe a couple other guys, you know, that we were all, uh, you know, in the Marine Corps together, we'll get in this conversation and, you know, we're all civil with each other, even though, you know, we might disagree, but, um, it's those little moments that I really enjoy. And I know that we wouldn't, we wouldn't really talk otherwise, you know, yeah. Um those are the moments that keep me connected with social media. Keep me and I say social media. I have Facebook, dude. Um the first time I even looked at fucking Twitter and Instagram is when we started this podcast and we said, Well, we gotta do social media with it. You know what I mean? That's the same with me. That is the exact fucking same with me. I, I didn't give a shit about Twitter. I didn't give a shit about Instagram. The only thing I did is I had a Facebook mm-hmm. and I even kept that kind of as just like almost like a digital Rolodex, just because I I don't really have like a bunch of just ran. I don't really want to have a bunch of random people and random numbers in my phone. Right. But like, if I need to reach out to somebody or would like just, you know, once in a while say, Hey man, how's everything going? It's been a couple of years since we chatted. You doing all right? You know? Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I, I never really, I don't know when it first came out, I kind of got into social media back when there's like MySpace and shit MySpace, like that. Bro. <laughs> but I, it was, it's stupid, and I look back, I'm like, oh, God, you know, over certain shit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But when it first came out, like, it was something new, and I think we were just kind of experiencing it and learning and toying with it a little bit. And it's interesting because what social media is now is completely different than what you just said about it. I think when it started, it was one mm-hmm. of those things that would keep people connected, keep them together. That's what people wanted to use it for, sharing pictures, this and that. Sure. But it, it's just, it's snowballed into this giant fucking marketing thing where it, I, I, I've said it a, a thousand times, you know, in, in conversations and stuff, but data mining is, is the new gold rush. Like there, everything you're doing, there's a digital fingerprint and digital identity right. of who you are and what you do. And that's being sold to company after company after company. And you're just adding to it constantly. And if you give a fuck about it, you know, and, and you want to be private, cool. If you don't give a fuck and you're, you know, uh, I don't care. What are they going to do with it? Whatever. And then cool. Whatever you want to do with it is fine. But I just, I I have a problem with creating like an online identity because it just rings hollow to me a little bit. Right. Like it's different having a podcast and putting something out there that people like and a bit of a show and, 
entertainment or someone can, you know, can uh, kind of just lose themselves in it or, or, or feel like, you know, they're part of a group, part of us or something like that, listen to conversations. And I, I really want that. I, I want the close knit relationship with, with people that listen to the show. Sure. But, but at, at the same time, like, I, I just feel like social media has gotten so out of hand for like everything is it's, it's not about those personal connections anymore. It's about mm. all this behind the scenes data mining. It's about kind of just kind of wasting time and, 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 and kind of getting these positive reinforcements to keep checking your messages, keep checking your likes, see how many likes you get, see who likes this photo. Let's, uh, let's start the whole duck lip selfie craze now because, Oh, we think it looks so good. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that. And it's just like, it it drives me fucking nuts because it's a lot of it to me seems so fake. And if you can convince me otherwise, please do, because I just, I don't see like a, a real value in that. And I don't see like a real value not in the conversations that you're mentioning that you've had, you know, political disagreements or, or whatever, but just the online hate and the online trolling mm. and just like jumping on your keyboard and, and, and acting like you're righteous and, you know, sure. telling other people where and what they should, they should be doing and how to be thinking about stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you there? I, yeah, yeah. I'm here. You got me. All right, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I think we pissed off the social media and Facebook gods. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> because they, uh, we got disconnected here, and uh, as soon as I started talking about just like kind of hating on the way what social media has turned into, yeah, I just get this notification that boom, all my audio stuff's not working. Boom, That's the I can't power. hear you. That's Who says the power. Who says that fucking Google and Facebook and all that shit isn't listening to you all the time? I'm sitting here with a microphone in my phone, a microphone in front of my face, every device in here connected. They're hearing everything I'm saying. And trying to shut us down, man. (laughs) Damn the man. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. No, I I think you were making some really good points, though, man. I, I really do you kind of touched on something in there that, that I think is really funny. And, and, you know, I, I talk about it here and there with, you know, with my wife and things, but it's really interesting, like Facebook and, and Instagram, these social media outlets, um, give us an opportunity to, to show the world, um, a, a part of our life that just isn't real, you know? And, um, it's what's interesting is just from our own observations, the, the people who post the most, like, especially the married couples, that's where you really see it. The married couples that post the most stuff and the most, you know what I mean? They're, you know, it's all the, the, the super cute posts and really just on social media look like the power couples in our experience, at least, um, those are the couples that, you know, if you really know them and and hang out with them on a daily basis, you know, that their relationship is not great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I haven't really encountered that. So that's an interesting thing really uh, to hear about. Well, because I'm not really on social media. Sure. You know, cruising people's lives and, and things like that a lot. I just kind of post for the podcast post for family that, 
we have or, you know, sure. whatnot. Here's a photo or, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, great post, miss you guys, whatever. But I don't really get into the whole cruising and see what everybody's up to. But I, I will say <laughs> I am guilty of cruising the news feed. And there's people that I haven't spoken to in years and years and years or, or people that were, like, I was friends with, like, back around high school and things like that, that I just kind of just like kind of like, what the fuck is going on in your life that you're posting all this shit? Yeah. And so it's almost like a form of, like, this kind of just interesting reads, I guess I could say, to put it politely. It's sure. Just, uh, some people have no filter with the shit that, that they put out publicly and it, that boggles my mind. But yeah. anyway, back to what you were saying though. No, no, I mean, no, that's, I mean, that's kind of along the same line, man, because it kind of goes like one of two ways. You either have these like slightly dysfunctional relationships where, you know, both the, the guy and, and the, the husband and the wife and the relationship are posting things, trying to make their lives seem happier than they are. Or you have the opposite and it's like, um, the online equivalent of being in a car with a couple who's just like fighting, you know what I mean? And, and that's so, exactly, yeah. So exactly. awkward, that's a, dude. That's a great description. <laughs> the online equivalent of, of car wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Cause that's like the most awkward shit ever, dude. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, my, my wife and I, man, we, even if we have an issue, there is no way it's coming out like in public. We'll wait till we get home and we'll figure it out that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this, when did it come become okay to just air dirty laundry and just have all these like kind of slightly vague remarks, but everybody knows who, who you're talking about. Yeah. And shit like that. You know, it's just like, that's so ridiculous and childish, you know, it's just like, take care of your business and private, you know? And, and the, yes, I mean, I'm reading it, but, I'm only reading it because it's there. It's not that I really give a fuck. You know, it's just the world doesn't care. You're not that important. You know what I mean? I'm not right. that important. You know, sure. There's there's plenty of people that don't even listen to this fucking podcast. It's not like, you know, it's not coming from a place of like grandeur of me saying that. It's just none of us really fucking matter that much. You know, it's just yeah, the yeah, own yeah. lives and take care of your shit. That's all, you know. Dude, listen, have you, do you know any couples that have like a joint Facebook account? A joint Facebook? I would yeah. say there's a couple people that are on social media that they have their own, but I think one kind of becomes like the joint account. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So my, uh, my friend, Christy, she, um, oh, you're going to call him out. All right. <laughs> dude, she, Oh, well, no, no, this is her. This is her theory. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I can't steal it. So I got to give the shout out to her because okay, give her- I, I have to say, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent accurate, but, um, there's something to it at least. So she has a theory that when you see a joint Facebook account, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, Robert and, and Becky Adams, you know what I mean? Like, it's like one account. Her theory is that someone in that relationship was unfaithful. Really? Why? Why do? Why would you think that? Because her thing is is that Facebook account like they're free. You don't have to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just sign up and you have your own shit. So, um, but 
social media has made it has made cheating a bit more accessible than I think it was in the past. Um, and I do know personally, um, I do know at least three gentlemen who, um, well, not just gentlemen, but three people who were, um, unfaithful in in their marriage because of, uh, well, not because of, but they use social media as the medium, you know? Um, and so her thing is, is that because they're free and it's easy when you see a mix, it's because one of the people in that relationship doesn't trust the other person to have their own social media accounts. They're like trying to, they're like flagging their relationship in public for everybody to see. Yeah. 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 That's her, that's her, um, theory and i i have to say dude i have to say i do think that there is something to i'm not saying it's a hundred percent right so if you're listening out there don't get mad don't send us hate mail i'm not saying it's a hundred percent right i'm saying there's something to it that's all i'm saying that could go both that could go one of two, two ways it could be that someone is cheating or that there's major insecurities in that marriage like someone's very insecure and that would have to be the account holder of that account so yeah absolutely out. yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's interesting i never really thought about that but there might be something to that yeah i think there is man yeah. we should actually is. we should do like a whole episode on just like kind of social media psychology yeah i think i think it could be fun for sure man It'd be a whole topic yeah i think we're we've been at this for almost an hour so let's get uh let's knock let's, the list down let's do it let's, let's this list keeps going and going so let's maybe do like the first 10 yeah that, that think, was number eight uh, yep that was number eight yep so on a number nine and this one's kind of out of left field i guess compared to everything we've been talking about between like finances and stop procrastinating and get organized sure. and quit social media uh but go to the dentist more often number nine <laughs> that's a great one man that is i think it is dude like I'm really bad about going to the dentist. I'm really bad about taking my kids to the dentist. Uh, you know what I mean? My wife is bad about going to the dentist. Uh, yeah, it is a good one. I mean, in, in the sense of that, if it gets you motivated to go, because really you go twice a year for cleanings and that's when they do your checkups and, and stuff. But so it's not, right. not a whole lot, but right. I've been bad the last couple of years. I haven't been uh, to the dentist. Um, I went for years and years and didn't go. And then I, Got uh, dental insurance, and I was going religiously for you know good, good five, six, seven years, whatever. And then I, I skipped down the last couple of ones. I need to get back in the habit, but because it's yeah. been a few years, I'm in the I'm in the horrible habits section again. It's like I need yeah. to just break out of that, make my appointments, and go. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. And then the uh, the final one, number ten here that we'll do. Like I said, this keeps going on and on. Watch less TV. And that's interesting to me uh, because there's just an oversaturation of entertainment and how there's it's aimed and marketed at you. And there's so much more than there used to be so many different avenues, whether it's movies or music or, or whatever. That sure. is, it's got to be a tough one. If, if you really want to watch less TV, you can watch mm. less broadcast TV. But there's all these streaming things coming at you. With some really good shows. With really good shows. Like. I 
we talk about movies and shit all the time on here. And I've always kind of been like an entertainment buff and music and movies and TV shows and shit like that. But, uh, but even me, like I'm buried in things I'm trying to catch up in and watch because I'm constantly finding new stuff I want to watch, you know? But uh, I, I think the watch less TV thing is really interesting, man. And I, I'm I'm risking I'm going to risk sounding like an asshole here, but here's the thing. My question is going to become, what are you doing instead of watching TV? That's so much better than watching TV, right? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, because like I mean, there's going to be time that you're going to waste a little bit. Now, if you're going to sit here and tell me that instead of reading, instead of watching TV, you know, you're reading Dostoevsky or something like that. Okay. Tight. Like I, I, I got nothing to say about that. If you're concentrating on schoolwork or if you're, you know, doing some writing yourself or something creative tight, like I, I, I got you. And, and I can see all that, but we all have, times of the day that we waste time you know what i mean yeah and if if you're reading some like fucking stephanie myers novel or even listen i love harry potter if you're reading jk rowling don't sit there and act like you're doing something so much better with your life than watching tv you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah because I mean, it, really, it's all the same, and you can make the argument, "Oh, well, I'm reading, so I'm getting smarter." Well, that, I think we can make some big arguments there. My wife is a really big reader; um, she reads fast and she reads often. But some of the shit that she reads is just garbage, dude. <laughs> Does she, and she feel this way? Yeah, for sure. Oh no, 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 she does for sure. And and she'll, she'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's all just fluff. You know what I mean? It's, it's just fluff. Um, but she reads it because it's kind of mindless and fun, but here's the thing. She didn't get smarter, you know, reading her Janet Ivanovich book. than I did watching bird, the bird box the other night, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like she has her time better spent than I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, man. I, that's a weird one for me. Cause sometimes I feel like people get a little bit, um, I, I'll use the word kind of elitist there. Like, Oh, I'm going to unplug. I'm not going to waste my time with TV. And then you're like reading some like bullshit or like looking at vanity fair. Shut up, dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, that's interesting, though, because I, I wonder, like, there always seems to kind of be this need to one up people. You know, I, I think that's always kind of been part of human nature in a sense. Sure. So, I mean, resolutions are just kind of pandering to that notion, you know, that emotional yeah. state versus actually bettering yourself. Right. You know, yeah. Like, if you can be the guy that says, oh, well, I got out of debt or, oh, I quit smoking and oh, you're still smoking. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm going to the gym three days a week now. Oh, you noticed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, I, I, there are people that want to better themselves. I'm sure they're just fucking assholes out there that just want to feel like they're better than somebody because they can, you know, they just they got something to prove, I guess you could say, you sure. know. Not just to them, but to like fit into society to make themselves feel, uh, feel special, you know, feel yeah. validated and and stuff. So that that's interesting. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think what you said there is 
it hits the nail on the head for sure. And that's not everybody. That's just, no. you know, that's just a certain group of people, you know, you got mixes of all types of people that into this, this sludge called life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a good thing. I sound negative saying it, but you know, it's just, it's just the, the day in day out bullshit of like having to deal with, this type of asshole, then that type of asshole. Then on top yeah. of it, you got like the elitist assholes that are like, think they're better than everybody. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's yeah. at the end of the day, you just got to sigh. It's like, all right. Oh fuck. I'm going to go read my vanity fair and relax. That's it. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how, I like how Bill Burr says that we're all out here eating, eating a shit sandwich together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's the truth, man. Um, it's the truth. Sometimes you just got to turn the mind off. And and if you do that on TV, if you play video games, you know, if you read some fluff novels, like do it and don't be ashamed of it. Yeah. All right. Well, happy new year, everybody. Enjoy your shit sandwich. <laughs> Enjoy your fucking shit sandwich over here. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, um, we hope. uh 2019 treats everybody well. I hope you uh, yeah. accomplish any of your New Year's resolutions that you set out to accomplish. I hope yeah, you get rich. I hope you win a championship. I hope you get the prize or the medal that you're seeking or whatever the fuck it is that you want. But uh, I hope it's a good year for everybody. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, until next time, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah! One, two, three, four! Mm-hmm.